Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With me, Nick? Yeah. All right, cool. Um, So, yeah, as I said... uh, I thought I was going on a red eye tomorrow night. I'm going in 12 hours. I have nothing packed. I need to find a fucking stroller that works on a plane for my children. Let's do this. Let's go. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast, a uh, dog version of the Touchline Media Group because, uh, you know, they're based in London and um, some of them are Manchester United fans and Manchester United is terrible. Um, I'm recording, we are recording this uh, before the Spurs versus Chelsea game, um, which is why I'm either neither happy nor sad. Um, if Spurs win, cool. If Chelsea win, they suck and they're terrible. Shout out Manchester United. Uh, this episode is brought to you by the Smith Workforce Management Group, as well as whoever Blue Wire decides to put in. Um, they've been doing a lot of uh, progressive insurance recently. So, you know, that you can feel however you want about that. But um, as promised in our last episode, we are here to talk about training camp and injuries and who looks good and who doesn't. And, all that other fun stuff. So uh, we are joined by uh, NFL expert and all around good guy, uh, Nick, who is uh, up at uh, 1230 in the morning, Eastern standard time, because he cares just that much about you, the listener, Nick, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, how are you, Asa? I mean, I know you're going, uh, you're about to go on this uh, red eye or you, you thought you were, but um I actually went to the the Lions preseason game yesterday. Okay, uh, so we, we could definitely uh, we could definitely talk about that. So I, I want to get to that, but before we get to that, the the thing, the topic number one that I have um, is is the fact that George Pickens is um, 
my hero. Um, I longtime listeners will remember that in the draft preview, I kept talking about how great George Pickens was. And then he went like around earlier than I thought he was. And then I was like, well, I don't, I don't know. He's going to be as good as the rest of the wide receivers, but then he pancaked someone on a uh, running play on Seattle. I don't know who the corner was, but it was great. Oh yeah. I mean, he's, he's got that dog in him. I mean, it's official. It's officially official in the pros. I mean, we've, we've seen him do this, this, this is the, this is his move. I mean, we've seen him do this in the, in, in college uh, at Georgia. So yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't, I guess I wasn't really surprised, but yeah, George, George Pickens to the moon. I mean, his ADP is going to shoot up. I mean, I, I expect Deontay Johnson, you know, guy who was going inside the top 40 now is going around pick 40. It's probably not really happening anymore. I mean, I know they signed him to a nice little contract there. Pickens uh, or uh, uh, Kenny Pickett played well. So what do you think about that? So I, it obviously um, my anti Kenny Pickett agenda is, is very strong. Um, the, the dude has hands the size of, 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 small things. I don't know. I don't have a good analogy for that, but um, Kenny Pickett playing well completely undermines my narrative. Um, but it does support my narrative that you cannot in, in Tim T in the, in the, the year of Tim Tebow's Lord 2022 um, start Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph's not a real person. He's a conglomeration of um, advertising narratives. So I, I guess oh, it has uh, to be. He's a, he's a he's an amalgamation of racist uh, avatars. Yeah, I mean, possibly, but like ask the point Miles, is- ask Miles Garrett. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't feel great about Kenny Pickett playing well. Um, I feel really good about George Pickens playing well. Um, Connor Haywood had a reception. I saw that. That was that was pretty nice. I don't know if you watched that game, Nick. Which which game? The Pittsburgh game. No, no, no. <laughs> not that no, much no, 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 no. I'm not watching any preseason. Besides, um, you know, right? Uh, hard knocks, hard knocks related things. Right. Um, wait, wait. I'm contractually obligated. Uh, uh, Twiggy, do you want to tell us about Chola <laughs> Rice? All right, all right, all right. So we're gonna get back to the to the preseason stuff in a second, and why Cam Akers probably shouldn't be going in the first round, but um. So I, uh, on, on Friday afternoon, I, I got up the courage to, to cook a dish um, called jollof rice, which is the national dish of Nigeria. Um, I, famously, I, famously popular in uh, Eastern Africa. Right. Right. Western Africa. Western um, Africa, I'm sorry. So I, 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 I went, looked at three different recipes. I went to two different stores. They didn't have like this one pepper that I needed, which is called a scotch bonnet, if you look it up. Um, you can't find it in, in Los Angeles right now, but you know, you can, you can remake it with sort of a, a habanero serrano mix, um, which is what I did. Um, I made a mistake in not using, uh, an overwhelming amount of tomatoes. Um, and so jollof traditionally is like a red, uh, has, has a red hue to it. Um, mine is more of a, was more of like a, uh, a, Orange, light orange, yeah, yeah. Like carrot. Also, to be clear, your mistake wasn't not including the tomatoes. Your mistake was announcing to a bunch of uh, gentlemen of West African descent that you had in fact chosen to make jollof rice. Well, I, I that I thought, was where the mistake. Right, but like I felt like like if I'm going to do this, like I I do want to have 
the criticism from people who know what it should be. Um, Fair. But also, you dropped it in the group chat at, like, midnight or 1 a.m. their time. So, like, very late their time. <laughs> and then turned off your phone for 24 hours, uh, which I knew you were doing, but none of them did. Uh, and then allowed them to slowly build, like, the Rolling Stone, you know, just yeah. kept building up, building up momentum. So, I, I will say part of that was intentional. Um, I did want them to get themselves worked up. Um, I thought that that would be funny when I when I came back to the chat. It was. Um, the first comment, dear listener, and, and there's a picture of it up on Twitter, uh, that, that Stumpy put up. Um, but there is, uh, there was the, the first comment was, why does it look like vomit? And then a lot of comments about me not seasoning my chicken. I promise I seasoned my chicken. I can tell you curry powder, salt, pepper, um, chili peppers, habanero peppers, jalapeno peppers, the whole thing, all of it. Um, uh, but anyways, uh, that is. Uh, what happened with the jollof rice. Um, it tasted pretty good. I, I will say that. I don't know if it tasted proper um, because I've never had proper jollof rice, um, but it, it tasted like a, um, I'll, I'll, I'll compare it to what I made was probably closer to a, um, a uh, biryani, uh, which is, which is more of an Indian dish. Um, I think because of the lack of tomato, um, that is my assessment of what I've done here. Um, so I, I have started cooking a lot more. Um, if you go, if, if listeners want to go back to the Michael Felder episode, we talked a little bit about that, uh, in that episode, um, that's episode like 101 or something. Um, but, uh, yeah, that is my defense of the, uh, picture and, and work that was done. Um, my, uh, my, my cooking endeavors will always be, uh, public. You know, if I'm, if I make mistakes, I, I want people to correct me on them a big believer in, uh, in holding yourself accountable, um, which is why I, I do believe that Manchester United should be on their sixth manager in the last uh, two years. But Nick, let's, let's go back to the, to the football that, um, that, that we were talking about here. Um, why, why don't you tell us uh, your, your direct report from, uh, from Ford Field? Well, the Lions got the ball. Uh, and the first team offense went right down the field and scored. I mean, it was not even, it was not even funny. I mean, they didn't even have to throw a bomb to DJ Chark because they just ran it down their throats. And then they had two plays to St. Brown and Hawkinson didn't play, but the backup tight end caught an 18 yard pass. So you just kind of assume that would, that would be Hawkinson on a normal day. Um, but it looks like, uh, I mean, it looks like Amon Ross St. Brown is, is like the, you know, he's like the Keenan Allen of the lions, basically. I think he's the number one. So, so he's the number one receiver. There's so that, worse comparisons to, you know, be made. Yeah. I mean, and, and if Amon Ross St. Brown is as good as he looked at in the, in the back half of last year, I mean, you can probably get away with Jared Goff for a while. Like, I, I'm, I'm not saying that they're going to win anything, but this division is really bad. And Kirk Cousins, the former best quarterback in the division outside of Aaron Rodgers, um, has COVID for the 18th time or whatever. Because, you know, he doesn't believe in vaccines. I'm not, I'm is not reporting anything I, here. I thought this was the first time he'd caught it. Allegedly. Yeah, like officially it's the first time he'd caught it, which, yeah, I guess fair. 
Um, so, so I think, I think, um, so, so like Nick, have, having watched them move down the field, like, do, do you now in, in light of this and hard knocks, do you believe in, in, in the lines? I know you were a Dan Campbell fan last year, you know, because the, I think the numbers sort of gave the lions a little bit of the Nebraska treatment, which is like, they were the, like in the first half of the season, they were like the best O and eight team of all time or something. Yeah. So I think the lions are really interesting all of a sudden uh, this year because of what you said with the, the, their schedule is really easy. Right. So let's start with that. I mean, um, you know, I'm not saying the Lions are going to win the NFC or, or the Super Bowl, but, um, you know, it, it's tough. I think everybody realized last year, like when you have um, a new head coach, <clears throat> excuse me, new head coach, it's just hard. Like you're doing everything differently. Right. And that's what's going on with the Bears and the Vikings this year. And it's not going on with the Lions. The Lions are gelling. I mean, if you're watching Hard Knocks, Lions have an elite winning culture. So how much of that do you think is, yeah. How much of that do you think is, I mean, obviously everything, everything plays a little bit of a part into it, but like we were saying last year, well, we've as a group chat, I don't think the podcast existed yet, but we were making fun of the Dan Campbell hire like right away. Then we really made fun of the Dan Campbell contract, but then like as the season, yeah, as the season went along, you know, I think the podcast kind of bought into Maybe not his ability as like an X's and O's coach, but Dan Campbell seems to be an elite, almost like Ted Lasso, like an elite motivator more than anything else. Um, no, he's just what he is, is he's just savvy. He's really savvy. Like the, what he's saying, he's saying what uh, people want to hear. Like he's just saying what the like the players love this stuff. Like the players love him. The players are all into it. Um, and they're into anything like Aiden Hutchinson, like him singing that song was not so great. The whole team was into it because of Dan Campbell and, and HBO's there and everything, you know, um, everything that's going on with the Lions. Like it doesn't have to be this year necessarily for the Lions. But when you think about this year, um, I think the, the reasons to be so optimistic are uh, the other teams in the division having a, a first year head coach, Adams leaving um, Green Bay. Then you, yeah. then you look at, how the lions sure they only won three games last year they also lost five games or yeah five games by like four points or less yep and then and then three you of them also were walk-off con- field goals right including one yeah. for the the record well, the record longest yeah and, and i think that's also, gonna happen again yeah and then also the offensive line didn't play like any games together because right. Ragnow played like two or three games or four games or whatever he played. Um, so, yeah. And then Goff didn't really play that many games either. Goff missed plenty of games. So they need to stay healthy. But I think <clears> – <throat> and then Swift missed games as well. And Swift, he is in tremendous shape. I mean, he looks like Jonathan Taylor now. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just – I'm way in on the offense. Like, the defense is a mess. Like, you saw on the – the first drive for the Falcons, they went right down the field and scored. And it was maybe even easier than when the Lions did it because they had 63 yards rushing on the first drive and 25 or so of them, 23 were Mariota. Yeah. So, um, and then you look at the schedule and it's a lot of athletic quarterbacks on the schedule for the Lions when you actually think about it. So 
like a lot of the games, like, you know, Philly at home is a huge game. It's the home opener. You know, they're playing Washington week two. You know, it's kind of an opportunity to maybe go two and oh, because you have two home games. Um, but it's Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts was very impressive. Um, in the first preseason game for Philly, he went six for six through a touchdown to Dallas Goddard. So, um, you know, I mean, Mariota went right through them. The only bad news for Mariota was that um, Desmond Ritter also looked really good in this game. Yeah, you guys. He, so, he, he actually did. Um, and, and if, yeah. if it turns so out that I, I think that just speaks to how bad I, the I think Lions are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think it, it speaks to how bad they are against running quarterbacks right now. I think it's an issue. Well, yeah. I mean, luckily, luckily, let's just come out and say it, though. A lot of our listenership is from the state of Michigan. So a lot of people will be very comfortable with their defense being completely trash against athletic quarterbacks. Shout out. To I don't want to name. I don't want to name names, but Angus. Um, so, uh, of course, in, d- despite all of the uh, the optimism for the Lions, um, they did lose, which like preseason doesn't matter. But also, like, yeah, they lost on the last second. uh touchdown which is like very funny given everything um and last year right um also like, there was, hey you guys know you're supposed to play defense for 60 minutes not for 59 57 right yeah um so also do, do we have any Boy, blau blau turned it over that's why yeah. they lost yeah I mean... um and and like that's that's fine like david blau is not if, if david blau gets 18 uh pass attempts in a game the lions are gonna lose like i'm pretty yeah. comfortable saying that <laughs> Um, the the funny thing was that, um, like Dan Campbell said it after the game, and it sounds funny, but it it actually is totally true. Is that Boyle and Blau actually played pretty well in the game, except for the the two horrible turnovers that they had. <laughs> right. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln. <laughs> other other than that, it was it was fine. I mean, I mean, did you see the work that? that Tom Kennedy and Devin Funches did receiving uh, with David Blau in the second half of this game. I mean, I did see some of Funches. Yeah. I mean, if, I mean, knock on wood, I really don't want this to happen, but if, if I'm on Ross St. Brown and, and Cleve Raymond were to get hurt, um, Tom Kennedy would have a, a, a Wes Welker type of season uh, for the lions, I believe. I mean, uh, he, he caught he caught eight passes for over a hundred yards in this game, and I mean he was he was pretty much unstoppable. I mean in the preseason they don't really run plays, so it's kind of like it's kind of like you're just uh, who can get open. You're just you're just running out there. So like like I take a lot from St. Brown and and Tom Kennedy just commanding targets like they did because you know you're not really they're not scheming you open. You just have to go and get open. Uh, I know that we are nerds on this podcast uh, and, and we, we believe in such nerd things as like, you know, target share, but Tom Kennedy having a 25% target share in a, in a preseason game is exceedingly funny to me. Um, he had 12 targets on 48 pass attempts, which is just phenomenal work all around. Um, do we, do we have any uh, update on the Drake London injury or is, is he um, good? I think they said I did not follow up with that uh, today, but yeah, they, I think they said it was more towards the not 
serious side. Well, that's good. Um, it wasn't was, me though. Yeah, it 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 looked bad, and then I stopped paying attention for a day. But um, so so we we hope that Drake London is uh is doing good. Um, I I, I, I mean, actually speaking of knees. You want to talk about uh, Milk yeah. Boy? Yeah, let's go right to the to to uh, to the other knee injury. Of I'd also Boy. I'd also like to point out that Nick asked for clarification when I said Milk Boy had a non-contact injury the other night, and he asked which one. I was like, "Come on, really?" <laughs> I, I think it was more likely that he was asking which knee than which Milk Boy. <laughs> ah, another an, <laughs> another huge uh, another huge L for uh, <clears throat> Doctor Chow on Twitter. Yeah. Football doc uh, <laughs> coming out here. Maybe his biggest L since Giannis in the final. He he said Giannis structural damage in the finals. The, the Bucks year. come back from down two zero against the against the Suns, and now he 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 was like, oh yeah, Zach Wilson, uh, it, you know, out for the year, and now he's not. It's a meniscus, it's- which is not that bad, especially if you're as young as Zach Wilson. So. He'll be back in a month. Is this yeah. Dr. Child? The, the, this is the former uh, Chargers team doctor? Yeah, yeah. yeah the, okay, one, so the one. Known quack. Known quack. Is he, is he the one who, uh, who, who stabbed um, Tyrod Taylor? I think he was fired by that. Yeah, yeah, he was fired by that. <laughs> Different Chargers team doctor. Great. Um, so, so Zach Wilson out for, for like, a, like a month. Um, the biggest winner of that, of course, is everybody's favorite quarterback from last year. I think it's everybody's favorite quarterback from last year. I'm not sure, but the white Mike is back, everybody. Um, I assume he takes over, right? No, Flacco, Flacco. season. Yeah, Flacco. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I, I just want the white Mike to come back. Do you remember that like three weeks when he was, we, when we were doing Lynn Sanity, but for white quarterbacks named Mike White? Yeah. I mean, how many, he, how many he had his moments. They were, the the Jets were chanting. They there was literally a report. I mean, maybe it was fake that said uh, the Jets were the Jets when their players were going into a room. They were all chanting, or and Mike White would go into a room. They would all chant, "Mike White, Mike White, Mike White." <laughs> I'm um, not doing that for Zach Wilson. No, no. The only, <laughs> well, um, well, they might be now. Yeah, I don't know that anymore. I do, I do want to say that um, Mike White has has the funniest game log that I've ever seen um, from someone who didn't really get hurt. Um, he he in in a four week span he uh, had a normal game in which he lost fifty four to thirteen to New England. Next week out he goes and beats the uh, Super Bowl runner up Cincinnati Bengals by throwing for four hundred yards. Um, then uh, in the next two weeks. His teams lose 45 to 30 and 45 to 17. The last of those was the game against Buffalo in which he threw four interceptions and never saw the field again. Um, It's the most just beautiful game log you could ever see. But what's more beautiful than that game log is what you're about to hear from this sponsor. So um, I want to talk about, we've talked about the meaninglessness meaninglessness of uh wins and losses in the preseason um but are you guys aware that the ravens haven't lost a preseason game in like three years who cares the only reason i bring it up is because um a the detroit lions in 2008 4-0 in the preseason Famously, in 16 right that's one but two the reason i bring it up is because 
um, someone, someone had a take about their win. That's something like, like talking about depth, right? Like depth throughout a team and, and how that like can maybe manifest itself in preseason. Um, and to that, I say, probably not, probably not. Doesn't really matter. But, um, what does matter is the fact that, um, JK Dobbins appears to be back in some regard. Um, Nick, are you, are you a, a Dobbins believer? Um, I think I might be getting back in dabbling a little bit in the JK Dobbins. Typically I'm not, I mean, I have a very small Dobbins bag, almost, almost zero Dobbins. I would say close, close to zero. I have much more Tyler Beatty, you know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I so mean, Gus Edwards, Gus Edwards that's has an been, indictment. <laughs> well, well, that, that's the thing is that Gu- there's been nobody else. Like I'm not drafting Mike Davis and I'm not uh, uh, sure about Gus Edwards. Like I was drafting Gus Edwards at the beginning, but now it looks iffy. Like he's going to miss like the whole first month of the season. And it's like, you know, maybe the timeline will match up that Dobbins, you know, gets hurt again and Edwards is just coming back. Um, but I don't know. I, I just think Beatty is a good option in the last round. I mean, I'm so invested in the passing game of the Ravens with Lamar and Bateman. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't really have a lot of, I don't, I don't really have any Andrews and I don't have, um, you know, a lot of Dobbins. I've definitely taken him because he goes, you know, pick 60, pick 65, you know, he goes, I, I actually don't mind taking, but now he, there's some bad injury news about Elijah Mitchell started taking him in that range. Yeah. Um, just because it looks so muddy behind him and it just looks like he's going to be the guy as long as he can do it. But now he's already nursing a hamstring injury. That was my thing is I don't have a lot of him because I, I don't really know that he can keep it up, but, um, I was more thinking he might have a setback with his knees than, um, a hamstring injury, but that can be tricky too. Cause he can have a setback at any time. Yeah. So I think the thing is with, with Dobbins. So the news about Dobbins is that apparently he's back in the practice field. He's not going to play any preseason, but he might be ready to go for the, for the um, regular season. Um, but Dobbins is actually a good um, and, and Mitchell's injury being, you know, these things are, are a good time to remind you that uh, zero RB works because running backs get hurt and it's useful to get Tyler Beatty in the last round of the draft because who knows and Ramondre Stevenson for all of you dynasty guys who took Ramondre Stevenson two rounds too early might pay off. We'll see. Um, well, and I mean, we're talking about zero RB and we're all, I mean, Nick just uh, mentioned one of the best ones like Elijah Mitchell was not expected to be the uh, premier back in that offense last year. Right. Like no. he, I mean, he was like definitely supposed to get touches, but he kind of came out of nowhere to all of a sudden be, be a bell cow as long as he was healthy. And then Debo Samuel. Well, <laughs> well, that's the thing is like, well, right. So Debo Samuel is kind of like, like people are smarter now than uh, five years ago, 10 years ago. Like, oh. I think, I think a little bit. Yeah. No, I mean, just in terms of fantasy, be, because, um, you know, Debo Samuel, he's, he's going to steal a certain amount of touchdowns yep. from Elijah Mitchell. And that's, but that's baked in 
um, <clears throat> that's baked into his cost, you know, yeah. because he, you know, everybody knows that. So, um, and he, and he's going a couple, you know, he's going 20 picks. He's going way later than like Cam Akers, right. you know, for instance, and now, and now Cam Akers falls to the fifth round. It's glorious. Uh, so we should, we should probably talk about Cam Akers and, and the Rams running back situation because um, apparently Daryl Henderson is running even with him, which um, why? Yeah. I, I, we talked about it. I mean, Honestly, this this podcast ends up just being verbalizations of our group chat. But yeah, we've been talking about how like it doesn't really make sense. Like Darrell Henderson was not able to distinguish himself last year as a uh, feature back when Cam Akers wasn't there. And Cam Akers, I mean, I don't know about the better pedigree, but Cam Akers definitely looked better in college and should you know be more successful. And then obviously Sony Michelle like isn't even really. Yeah, <laughs> kind of disappointing. I thought, like, watching him at Georgia, I thought he was going to be good. He's just, he's just not. I mean, he's so bad, so bad in the pros, Sony Michelle. Yeah. He's just, it's, he can't even yeah. run. It's like pathetic. And he, he was running ahead of Daryl Henderson. Like, I get that Daryl Henderson is the pass catching back. It's just like similar for me. It's like it's similar to Jamal Williams. Like the like people who are are saying the Rams want two guys. Like it's just not how it is like we already saw like with Todd Gurley like when McVay has a guy like he's just gonna ride that guy and like Cam Akers is gonna be his Todd Gurley again um you know I mean I people are like oh he looked terrible in the playoffs it's like their offensive line isn't like that good to begin with like it's not built for um you know running it's it's built yeah workhorse running back right yeah so um, I just think like Jamal Williams and like the backup for Swift um, that people are taking him and, and oh. like, Henders- Henderson goes way earlier than, than Williams. I, I just think they're kind of the same. Like there's no way that they become, you know, league winners for you. There, there's no way that, Oh, yeah. acres goes down. Like they would trade for somebody like Sony Michelle who stinks and they would, they would dust Henderson. It's like, so what, what benefit are you, are you getting from, you know, Henderson's going ahead of like Kenny Gainwell. Right. It's, um, it's this, it's the same thing. And there's no, like, it, it, it's not like a, 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 Jace, uh, a, a situation where it's like, okay, you take Hassan Haskins late because you think if Derrick Henry goes down, they're not going to change their entire offense. So like, well, well, hang on now. So Haskins did not, um, you know, play in the first half. And then he played into the fourth quarter of the preseason game. It was not what you want to see. Um, So it might be a tough scene for me with my Haskins bag. Um, I have already begun the pivot to Dontrell Hilliard as the (laughs) um, direct uh, backup. Which is saying something. (laughs) Well, Hilliard, Hilliard was inactive for the game because they're prioritizing his health Haskins. They were just like, well, let's see if this guy's even good. So 3.2 yards per carry. uh, Not great. Yeah. Against what? Third strings, fourth stringers. It is the same thing though. As long as he makes the team, which I expect based on his draft capital, um, just like Traylon Burks, like the, the Titans are doing some weird things. Mike Vrabel's a weird guy. So I think they will, um, 
you know, they'll have their chance to move up the depth chart as the season goes along as well. And also, you know, if, if the guys that you're wrong on are, you know, you're taking them in the last round, it doesn't really matter. Right. Which is the whole point. Um, also, it should be noted that Traylon Burks has more uh, carries than catches in the preseason, as far as I'm aware. Um, so, you know, adjust. so <laughs> it was interesting. I, I did see someone on Twitter post, um, obviously Traylon Burks had a terrible game and he yeah. was used. Um, it was, a, it was a joke. They were starting guys I've never heard of over him. Um, and, uh, wh- one thing I did see though on Twitter was someone had a screenshot of him wide open and Willis, uh, just didn't throw it to him. So if, if that play, if he would have uncorked that one, or if he would have caught the play, you know, that Willis did have the 60 yard bomb, you know, we might be having a little bit of a different discussion today about Traylon Burks. Right. Yeah. Um, but the discount is going to be even better. Uh, when I just, I'm just going to keep drafting him. I mean, there's only <laughs> for the season. Well, also, what's, what's the point. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to overreact to rookies because, uh, I think we all learned that lesson last year with Jamar. That was where, fun. <laughs> yeah, that was a real whiplash from like he's not going to make it. He drops sure. many balls to sure. I do want to say that he 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 was always like Jamar Chase is is you know he's really really good. I don't want to say generational or something, but he's I mean maybe close to that. I mean he's um you know he he was unique. He was a top guy in everybody's model and. It he, just he was, you know, for he was his age, supposed to be good and he yeah, was yeah, he was yeah. supposed to be really good right away and he and he really was. So um I think it's a little different than a guy like Traylon Burks, who like, you know, wasn't wasn't close to the t- he wasn't the top picked receiver in this class. I mean, there's a, a few other guys that went ahead, you know, didn't both the Ohio State guys go ahead of him as well yeah. as and and Drake London. So and Jameson. So it's like, come on. A guy without an ACL. Yeah. Right. Right. Which, um, according to Robert Sala, that's supposed to be intact. Um, it's, it's, it's also just like talking about this. This reminded me of this. Um, uh, last year, like the Jamar Chase drops discourse. Um, I just want to point out that um, Jelani Woods is having that same thing right now. And I was huge on him. I'm huge on him. I think that like athletic tight ends are like, um, a good thing to have. And I think Matt Ryan is going to um, gravitate towards him because I think that uh, the Colts wide receivers are, how do I put this? Um, bad. Can I say bad? Nondescript. No, it, replacement level. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the other one though is kind of excited to see. I mean, again, like I don't, we don't want to overreact to rookies, you know, not necessarily blowing the doors off out of the gate. But because uh, Mo Cox is still in Indianapolis, right? And he's still yeah. like a fairly yeah, so athletic tight end. It's tough because they have Mo Cox and Kylan Granson as well. So, I mean, he was like a third or fourth round pick too. So um, in the last couple of years. So it's kind of tough to pick any of the Colts tight ends just because they're there's a few of them. Colts tight um, ends. I'm higher on the Colts receivers than you guys are. Because you like Pittman? I really like Pittman. Hmm. Um, I mean, he was good with Carson Wentz. Fair. That's a good point. He yeah, gets to I play. Think Pittman will be. Pittman will be fine. He gets to play with Matt Ryan now. 
all their games are you know home games are in a dome yep um you know they're talking about giving less touches to uh jonathan taylor that makes sense when you have a better quarterback um yep. and they have a good offensive line i mean the offense should be good um the question is who do you take who do you stack with uh pitman and i really like alec pierce the rookie uh, mm-hmm. that they drafted he's tall can make plays and then um you know I, paris I campbell if he's I don't healthy like paris campbell if he's healthy, I mean, I was really impressed with him in college, and I was definitely taking him last year, and he just got hurt. So, um, or has it been? Has it already been two years that he's been gotten two hurt? Years. Yeah. Oh two my years. god. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, we don't really even know if he's good. So it's hard. It's hard to like. It makes sense that Pierce has been going ahead of Campbell by a good bit for the whole the whole time really but pierce pierce hasn't moved i mean and there's been there's been some good highlights of him going around um so at a 170 adp i i really still like pierce it's probably worth noting that uh the next regular season game that paris campbell plays will be the first of his fourth season in the pros and his 16th total regular season game That's yeah good. he's played like <laughs> 200 snaps it's like hilarious he's played like 300 snaps He's, he's he he's played he he's played in his three years in the NFL um, fewer snaps than Jonathan Taylor had carries last year, just carries, not snaps, carries. Uh, so you know, take that for what it's worth. Um, so the but but it it is worth noting, like with the Jonathan Taylor thing, they say they want to give him fewer snaps. I mean, Naheem Hines is is always someone to to be interested in. I don't think Philip Lindsay is a thing. Um, but he's there. I, I, I don't, I don't, I haven't, I haven't even seen where he's going. Is he going anywhere or, or are we not even sure he's going to make the team? I, I, th- I believe he'll make the team. And I think, yeah, um, he's a good team. pick because he does not always get drafted and you can take him in the last round. And, um, you know, he would be, I think he would be the closest thing to, I mean, it would be a gross split between him and Hines if something happened to Taylor but it's a great offensive line and you would just I mean you would kind of have to hold your cross your fingers and hope that uh you know Hines got injured too down the stretch and then then Lindsay ended up being the guy that you need you know you had a Daniel Jones um and and you had Wandale and Tony yeah, hey, come on. And then you have and then you have Lindsay in the last week and that game goes crazy. No, Nick, come on. What uh running backs who are shorter than I am are the new market inefficiency. You need to draft those guys first. <laughs> I um, mean, yeah, I'm the wrong guy to ask. I I, I have always liked Lindsay going back to um, Colorado when he was on Denver. Yeah, because I mean he can catch the ball too. So sometimes they just give him a, a pretty good workload and he's like a mini austin eckler basically i mean it's it's sort of it's sort of crazy if you look at 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 Lindsay's, um you know his first two years in denver um a thousand yards both years um 35 catches both years i mean and then just nothing so i think i think that's it's it's a good spot for him if he does sort of get that job of ahead of heinz um you know like you said like last round I, I you know there are worse picks to take like 
CJ Verdell, who will not make the team, even though I like Oregon running backs traditional. Yeah, I just I I I've always been I'm with Nick. I've always been higher on Philip Lindsay than I feel like a lot of people are, just because he always seemed to produce, and I didn't really get like I understand why if you're the Denver Broncos, you go out and get Melvin Gordon, at least that first year. I don't know about re-signing him and everything about that. But like Philip Lindsay never gave you a reason to not believe in him. And I sometimes I know that the NFL does that sometimes. I just don't always necessarily understand it. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 not really all that explicable, um, which leads me to the uh, the second to last thing I want to talk about, because we're going to end on a high note um, and we're going to go to the depths with this one. Um, oh, God. Yeah. Uh, we're talking Baker and Sam. We got to do it. We got to talk about the Panthers quarterback situation because there are super flex leagues out there. And some of you are going to want to draft three quarterbacks. And one of those quarterbacks is going to be Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. It shouldn't be. Dear Lord, it shouldn't be. But it appears that Baker's the guy. Um, He came out with the first team offense, moved him down the field, got a field goal. Second drive was Darnold. He got a touchdown to muddy the thing even worse. Um, CMC didn't play, but you wouldn't expect him to anyways. Um, But CMC is not going to be taking out a bubble wrap until week until week one. Uh, and even then, they'll probably be like, I don't, leave a layer. Leave, just, leave a just, layer. It's fine. Just air cast. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but Baker coming out first was interesting to me because I would have figured that Darnold, Darnold would have been given like sort of like the incumbent start, but they gave it to Baker. Well, no, you trade, you trade for Baker. You got to yeah, let that's Baker be the key. I mean, you invested capital. I mean, yeah, like, you know, on the radio, they were talking about like in the off season, like the Lions should trade for Garoppolo or like you know give Goff some competition. It's like these teams don't want to do that when you after you acquire, you know, a guy like Baker, a guy like Goff, like that's your starting quarterback, and you don't want to really under undermine them, you know, in the locker room. Yeah. Um... Yeah, just, these guys' egos are fragile enough. You don't need to, like, push them over the edge. Um, it's also probably worth noting, for those of you who find these things funny, like I do, Matt Corral dropped back 10 times uh, for 11 yards. Perfect. One for nine for 11 yards and a sack. Um, for those of you wondering, that is not good. They didn't draft him for his arm, though. They drafted him for his legs. Uh, one carry for six yards. There you go. There it is. All right. So, so uh, 11, 11 times he, he was uh, involved in a play, and those 11 plays went for 17 yards. That's what you want. That's what you want. Uh, but what you actually do want is what happened in Buffalo. Um, and and because, yeah. I, because I, I am a uh, reasonable person, I'm going to let somebody else talk about the glory of, of the man, the myth, the deity. Is it me? Do I get to talk about? Yes, you get. Oh my god! Uh, again, I uh, it's well documented my love for Matt Ariza, uh, the punt god up in now Buffalo from San Diego State. Uh, he kicked, I believe it was his first kick of his career, which again preseason, so like grain of salt, but eighty-two yards, pretty good kick, and that's not even, and that's in like not even with the Buffalo wind behind his back. So um, I continue, I maintain that it was a mistake that Bill Belichick did not draft punt God uh, because I think that spiritually he will always be 
a uh, Bill Belichick player. But yeah, I'm very excited to watch him boot the ball 90 yards in a game, like once or twice a game, because let's be honest, uh, the Bills can score a lot. Yeah, I, I don't know that he's going to be punting more than twice a game, but uh, that was awesome. And sometimes things are fun. And I, I don't think that there's any like deeper meaning to Matt Arisa being awesome at punting. I mean, that's also like the ideal situation. I know that as a football player, like your competitiveness, you want to be contributing to a game all the time. But like, let's be real here. You're the punter on a team that's easily a top five Super Bowl contender. Uh, and the offense is good enough that you're really going to be only be expected to punt two to three times a game for like most of the season. That seems, and you can, every time you do it, you can kick it 80 yards. That seems like a pretty good situation to be in. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Yeah. Who knows? But um, Nick, do you have any uh, further thoughts on punting? Don't do it. Uh, no, I actually hadn't watched that until just now. I watched it on my phone. So <laughs> it's great. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was, that was great. I mean, punting is not usually my go-to, but um, yeah, that's kind of fascinating how he can, he can punt probably the furthest in the league and he's probably punting the least in the league yeah it's good uh, like like it's 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 like uh he's a he's joel zamaya right like he doesn't he doesn't <laughs> he's not used often but when he does he, he empties the tank uh and then goes and plays guitar hero special thank you yeah, to I will, <laughs> his I will be the Downer. huge <laughs> i will be the debbie Downer and point out it was a touchback right Damn it, Nick. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yes. It's the preseason. Yeah. I mean, Nobody cares. Yards. I mean, it's it's still a good field. You you flip the field for sure. Yeah, I mean, it was it, 62-yard net punting average would be fine. That's still really good. <laughs> um, so a special thank you to our uh, our guest, uh, Nick. You can find Nick uh, at Electric Snuff on Twitter. You can also find him on his Patreon. Uh, we will link to that in the uh, in the tweet. Um, you can find my co-host uh, Napoleon Greg at Mr Mojo Rising eighty nine. You can find me at Diamonds Esquire, but usually on the main account at TLS underscore N underscore TDS. It's not always me; it's usually me. Um, special thank you to our. Oh right, uh, we'll get an Instagram up and running as soon as something something pithy comment. Um, <laughs> a special thank you to our sponsors, the Smith Workforce Management Group, as well as whoever Blue Wire decides to put in. Um, Please like, subscribe, share. Uh, you know, tell me your 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 favorite recipe uh, in a uh, in a comment. I'll I'll make sure to make it and tweet it out and all that other fun stuff. Um, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you, dear listeners. So thank you so much, and we will see you next time. Podcast Network.